welcome to This Week in Interview. I am your host, Anthony Drago. We've got an exciting and informative show for you tonight, uh, Wednesday night, April 9th, 2014. Uh, tonight's discussion, we're going to be centered on health and well-being. It is our first in a series of health programs that we plan to bring to you to encourage you to give adequate attention to your general good health and quality of life. Uh, what we are planning to do is probably to um, have a health feature in, in the program maybe once a month, uh, maybe even more frequently than that. Uh, so tonight is, is the first of that series of health-related um, shows. If um, you are one of our many loyal listeners, we're excited to have you back on board. Welcome. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the program. We hope you too will join us every Wednesday night right here on tdnradio.net at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for some informative, thought-provoking, mentally stimulating conversations with great guests. Uh, Tonight's show is going to take the following format. We, Because it's a health series, we have been um, lucky to have a healthcare professional uh, with us uh, who has graciously volunteered to, to assist, to participate in the health discussion. And, I, I, and we thought that um, we would get more if you want to call it bang for the buck, um, having somebody who is a healthcare professional do the interviews around health and to bring the information with you around health, I thought that authority that goes with experience would actually be beneficial. So tonight we have with us, um, we're going to be joined by um, Nurse Rosalind Carbon, and I'll introduce her to you right after the break. And um, she's also bringing along with her a very special guest, and tonight we're going to be talking about a very important, very critical aspect of health. And um, we're very, very excited to, to have you on with us. So um, stay with us and we will be with you on the other side of, of the break. Okay, so we'll be right back. You know, there are many choices when it comes to domain registration, web hosting, and dedicated servers. But I have to tell you about Jocko Hosting. They're simply the best. With their 99.9% .9 uptime guarantee, 24-7 sales and support teams, you'll never have to worry. Get in touch with them today. They offer plenty of other products and services like SSL certificates, managed WordPress, and more. Call or click today, 480-624-2500. Jocko.com. That's J-A-C-H-Q-O.com. All right, listeners, we're back. Thank you for staring with us through the break. And uh, as we said before the break, tonight uh, our focus is on health and well-being. Uh, we think that our health is important to us, is as important to us as our uh, spiritual um, aspect of our life. We think it's as important as our financial aspect of our lives. Um, while we strive to bring you a lot of culture and um, artists and economics and, and all of those other topics, we at TDN Radio think that it's, it's, it's very important that we use this um, to also help you to 
understand the importance of, of paying attention to your health. And uh, so tonight is the first in a series of health programs that we're hoping to, to do on this week in interview. And um, the format that it will take, as I said before, we have been fortunate uh, to have uh, the agreement of Ms. Rosalind Carbon. Um, she has graciously agreed to participate in this quest of educating us about aspects of our health. Uh, Ms. Carbon is a um, healthcare professional and she's going to take the lead. So give, me a, give us a warm welcome. Let her know that um, we appreciate her time. And um, on this week in interview for Wednesday, April 9th, 2014. And this is our first in the series of health programs. Nurse Carbon, welcome to this week in interview. Nurse Carbon. Yes, Nurse Carbon. Tell, tell the listeners, um, give the listeners a little background. And I think our guest has been trying to call. So um, a quick intro, and then we'll, we'll go on the line before our guest. Okay. Good evening. This is Rosalind Carbon, and I have the great pleasure of um, hosting or co-hosting with Anthony Drago this evening on our first health segment on Radio PDNet.net. And um, our aspect tonight is on colon health. And um, I'm going to shorten this introduction on, because our, our honorary guest, Dr. Brelvi, is trying to come in. So I'll pass it over to you, Anthony. Well, go ahead and, and tell the listeners, give us a little background, how long you've been a nurse, what, um, while I try to get Dr. Brelvi to um, on the other line. Um, uh, give the listeners a little background. You have a few minutes to introduce yourself to the guest. Okay, very good. So... I'm Rosalind Carbon from Dominica, resided in England for many years. Actually, I was born in England, raised in Dominica, um, but I hold Dominica so dearly and closely to my heart. Um, I've been in the U.S. for about 30 years, and I've had the pleasure of working at University Hospital, formerly UMDNJ in Newark, for 23 years. My experience is vast and varied. The Scabon, I think um, Dr. Brevy is back on the line, so let, let's go to him and then and then we will tell the guest. So hold on one second, please. Okay. Dr. Brevy. Yeah, hi, Anthony. Yes, can you, can, I have Russell on the line as well, so. Um, yes, I can, I'm listening to the live stream. <laughs> <You listen. laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Welcome, we appreciate your time yeah. so much, but I'm going to let Rosalind um, give you a yeah. formal welcome and intro, so Rosalind, go ahead, sure, Dr. Yeah. is on the line. Well, good evening, Dr. Brelvi, and I'm so Hi. honored and pleased to have you on our show this evening. We are the godparents of the health section on radio, tdnradio.net, and um, it's a pleasure having you, you willingly accepted to come on the show tonight to enrich us with your wealth of knowledge. Dr. Oh. Brelvi... Yes. Um, I've known you for 20-plus years, and we've worked at the same facility, and I'm going to give you the floor to tell us something about uh, something more about yourself. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Rosalind and Anthony, and uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be on the, on the show with you. And uh, <clears throat> I've been, you know, as you know, I've been uh, working at uh, the now Rutgers New Jersey Medical School for uh, for more than 20 years, uh, I went to school over there. Currently, I'm the director of the Center for Digestive Diseases uh, at the medical school, where we see patients from all walks of life, 
and uh, patients that are referred to us by other other gastroenterologists. I'm a I'm a board certified gastroenterologist, and I've been practicing this for the past uh, you know 15 years or so. And it's a pleasure to be on uh, your show for this uh, very important uh, uh, condition that we can talk about. Yes, indeed, indeed. And um, as you said, it's extremely important. And having the opportunity to work in a GI suite myself, I've seen the necessity for preventative measures and the importance it holds Mm -hmm. in our lives as far as our colon health. Mm -hmm. And I just figured it's such worthy knowledge that we should impart with as many people as possible because our main focus when we talk of colon health, people always think of colon cancer. Our objective is for preventative, is to prevent colon cancer and a host of other colon illnesses. Yes, you got so Go ahead, Dr. Brevi, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, to uh, in this day and age, with the technology that we have, for someone to have colon cancer, it's it's almost a crime because with uh, with the knowledge that we have regarding colon cancer, there is a seven to ten year lead time before uh, between the time that colon cancer, st- I mean the polyp starts and the colon cancer occurs. So if someone is to get a colonoscopy during that period of time, you can hundred percent prevent colon cancer. So there is, for someone to have colon cancer in this day and age, that means uh, it's very unfortunate that the person did not have proper access to health care or uh, was not uh, you know, screened appropriately. Yes, I totally agree. And with the colon, what I find, which is very bothersome to me, so many people are petrified mm-hmm. of going to get their colon screened. Mm-hmm. And their main focus is, and I'm going to be blunt here, oh, I don't want people interfering with my private parts. And especially our black men, they don't want anybody messing with them. And my message to everybody, men and women of all creeds, if you're inflicted with this unfortunate disease called colon cancer or any cancer in your body, you're going to be saying, please, doctor, go wherever you have to go to and remove it for me. My, my um, plea to the public is, why not let the doctor go wherever he has to go to and prevent you getting this fatal? Because sometimes by the time it's found out, it's too late. That's right, and so that's basically what we need simple, to avoid. Yes, yeah, so if you can do a simple examination, which is a colon screen, get it done, and doctor, I would ask Dr. Brelvi to elaborate more when he does a colon screen, what he's looking for, what sort of things he finds, and how it can be prevented. Basically, uh, uh, Rosalind, as part of a colonoscopy, colonoscopy is a... Uh, uh, we use a flexible tube, which is about the size of your pinky uh, in in diameter, but it is about uh, five feet long, which which is inserted uh, through the rectum, and uh, we take a look at the entire colon, 
which is uh, close to four and a half to five feet long. So we, we are able to see the entire colon. And the reason why you want to take a, examine the colon, particularly after a certain age, uh, in, in men, African-American males, and African-American females, we, we think that uh, uh, doing a colonoscopy after the age of 45 is a good idea because we find, based on our studies, we find that about 30% of patients in that age would have a polyp. So that's why it's very prudent for us to do the, do the test. Now, as, as part of the colonoscopy, it is, we try to make it as painless as possible so the patient is sedated uh, to, uh, <clears throat> to a level that you do not feel any pain at all. And we, we put the tube in and we examine the, uh, the colon inch by inch. And if there is a polyp, which is basically a growth, it's just a form, uh, it's, it's almost like a little uh, lump of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of the lining of the colon, which, uh, which starts forming. And in about seven years, this uh, lump of uh, tissue becomes cancer so we can do everything at the same time and that is that is basically the difference between a normal optical colonoscopy which is what we do and we recommend that is the gold standard if someone has to have his or her colon checked the best test to do is a uh, uh, is a optical uh, uh, optical colonoscopy uh, in patients who are not able to go through this procedure, we do other uh, screening techniques such as the virtual colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. Now, now in the virtual colonoscopy, we use X-rays or, uh, or CT scans to build a, a three-dimensional model of the colon to see if there are any polyps within the colon. But the unfortunate thing with the virtual colonoscopy is that if if there is a polyp, we still cannot remove it. So, so if there is a polyp seen on the virtual colonoscopy, we still have to do the optical colonoscopy. Yes. And um, Dr. Pravi, there's another method that some people would rather use because doing the colonoscopy also, people are a little uncomfortable drinking the PrEP, which we'll talk a little more in yes. a minute. Yes. So you have the optical colonoscopy, the virtual, which you just described. Now tell me something about the occult blood, because that's also another type of yes. um, screening something yes. up to yeah. yeah, it the is. Pros, a, it the pro and con against both of, against that, please. Right. Yes. As far as the occult blood is concerned, it is a screening test just to convince ourselves that, yes, this person needs further evaluation. So the occult blood cannot be used as a a screening test, but it is used to move further in our diagnostic workup. So, okay. the, yeah, so the fact that if someone has blood in the stool, that makes us more, uh, it may, makes it more important that the person needs to uh, get checked. So, yeah. so the ultimate test that is needed, Rosalind, would be a, an optical colonoscopy. Yeah, colonoscopy, yeah. because that is where you would not only look at the colon, but you can also take care of the problem. 
Exactly, exactly. And as a lot of patients will go to the doctor in his doctor's office, he'll take a specimen of the stool, put it on a cardboard, put some drops on it, and that's what we talk about when we say occult blood. Yes, or yes. Or they will take a specimen and send it to the lab. In right. case some of our aud- uh, audience hear occult blood, oh, I've had this test, I'm good. Yes, this so, is what so, opal blood is, so, and you really need to get the optical. Nothing mm-hmm. like let it be seen and removed. Yes, yes. And and so in, in patients who are of, of the screening age, Rosalind, so if someone is of African-American descent, if you're more than 45, there is nothing that can replace an optical colonoscopy. Whether Correct. you have blood in your stool, whether your occult blood is negative or positive, it does not mean anything because the best test to do in this situation is uh, optical colonoscopy. Yeah, and we say optical, just as the word implies, we see it, we remove it. If it's advanced, we treat it more aggressively than if you, we had not seen it. Yes. So it really, really behoves people to stop being afraid and take care of yourself. And when you take care of yourself, you're not taking care of yourself singularly. You're taking care of your husband, your wife, your children, your grandkids, the co- your village at large. Because if, God forbid, you're inflicted with cancer and you pass away, you're leaving a lot of people behind who really are not prepared to lose you, who loves you. Yes. So it, it's almost a selfish thing to not get yourself screened. Let me, uh, let, let me jump in here for a quick minute, Russell and Dr. Brevy. It's yes. um, 8.30 p.m. and this is CD and radio. Uh, the program is this week in interview, and we can be heard every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on TDN Radio. Uh, tonight we have with us uh, two uh, spe- two special guests. Um, we hope that um, this Rosalind Carbon, who's with us, is going to be a regular. We hope um, assisting us. As you can see, she's doing a, a very fine job. Um, with the health section that we introduced into uh, the, the this week in interview, and Dr. Berlvi is a gastroenterologist, and um, we are very fortunate and honored that that he to take the time to be with us. Uh, so, uh, one of the reasons why we chose this as a particular topic is because, as as Dr. Berlvi um, said. Uh, with technology and for the ability to, for early detection, uh, this this should not be a killer among our people anymore. And not only a killer, but it, with the resources that it takes to treat cancer, and and, uh, and a simple colonoscopy um, is, is required. Now, I heard I heard Dr. Bravi says that if you are uh, African male and over 45. So obviously he's speaking about me because I am African. <laughs> I'm am, I am over 45 and I'm male. And um, no, but the, the reason I'm saying that is because um, in February I, I was at the doctor and I specifically asked if I should get a colonoscopy. And she asked, Do you have any issues? Do you have any hemorrhoids? No. Do you have any blood in your stools? No. And um, I was told that a colonoscopy was not necessary. So that is the purpose of the education that, that we that we want to bring. Um, maybe your your healthcare provider might not be 
um, totally Up updated to with, with the information. So if you are educated and you're on top of the ball, um, you can assist your healthcare provider. And you say, well, I heard this, I heard this um, on TV and radio. Make sure you tell them you heard it on TV and radio. I heard this on TV and radio that if I'm 45, I should get a colonoscopy. And this was by, by a specialist. Um, what do you think? So, uh, you know, quite apart from um, taking initiative and asking your, your healthcare provider, the message I'm also getting is that we need to be a little bit proactive as well. Exactly. Uh, so, so I'm going to hand it back. Um, and Rosalind, go on, but I, I wanted to, to point out the other thing is uh, maybe we, we can, um, Dr. Brevi, you can maybe describe a little bit uh, exactly where is the colon located uh, as compared to, say, your rectum and your <coughs> anus and, and that sort of thing. And, um, for yes, for and food. the prostate, Anthony. Yes. Because yes. a lot of people come for colonoscopies, and the men, of course, they're the ones with prostate. And they will say, oh, did the doctor check my prostate? Yes. So, well, Dr. Bradley, exactly what Anthony is saying, and add the prostate to it. Thanks. Yes. So, so the colon, as uh, the, the one end of the colon is, your, uh, is the rectum, uh, and, uh, which is where the stool comes out. And the other end of the colon is about four and a half, five feet within the body, and which ends where the appendix is. So the appendix is on the right lower side of your abdomen, which is where it ends. And so uh, the colon wraps in a form of a, it's almost like a garland, you know, which we put around the neck. So it, it looks almost like a garland starting from the appendix and ending in the rectum. And the, in your prostate, the prostate in men, uh, it's in front of the uh, of the rectum. So if someone has a problem with uh, with the prostate, when we are doing the colonoscopy, we can actually feel with a finger. We can feel the the prostate if it is very hard. So if it is hard, then that's alarming. Or if the prostate is enlarged, we can visually see it with the with a camera. So the so the colonoscope is a very advanced equipment so it's a flexible tubing which is about like i said five feet long and it has very advanced electronics in it and we have high definition pictures so we can actually see every centimeter of the colon in a in a high definition uh, format and we can see if there is a problem with the uh, with the prostate but we don't really see the prostate itself we will see like a bulge coming into the rectum which can alarm us that, you know, maybe this person needs to go and have to a prostate checked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to a, to a urologist. Thank you, Dr. Bravi. And going back to what Anthony was saying regarding the patients or our audience or people in general taking charge of their health and telling their health care provider, well, I heard or I acquired this information, what do you think? Or I need to. I really, really emphasize that people start taking charge of their health, be their own advocate. I'm a big patient advocate, but there's no better advocate when you, when you can do it for yourself. So I'm saying to the audience, how do I get a colonoscopy? Ask your primary care to refer you. You don't wait for them to suggest it because the primary physician is inundated with his life, with his work. 
So you need to take care of your own self and bring it to him, suggest it to him. And with the information you get from TDN and all of us here, use that as part of your resources. Go on the Internet, Google that information, and go prepared with your questions written. So when you go to your primary physician for your physical, you have your list of questions of your colonoscopies, your thyroid levels, all the things that you need to get taken care of and concerns that you have. Because when you're in front of the doctor, most, a lot of people tend to get overwhelmed or forgetful. But in particular, be your own advocate and ask the doctors, how do I get my colonoscopy? Um, they maybe need to check your insurance, and most insurances appreciate and encourage preventative medicine. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot cheaper for them. So most of your insurances will be very, very happy to let you get your yearly colonoscopies. Yes, and, and you hit it right on the nail, uh, Rosalind, because it is not in the benefit, not only in the benefit of the insurance company, because you the saving a patient from colon cancer will not only save money downstream, for you as a consumer of the insurance company, you are also getting your money's worth because you will not be surprised that how many patients they carry insurances, they are paying their premiums, but they do not use it even for a simple physical exam. Exactly. So, so let alone getting a colonoscopy. So, mm-hmm. so we want you, we encourage all the listeners to, uh, to not only go and get an annual physical exam, but if you are in the screening age, you should demand uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the primary care physician to refer you for all the necessary screening tests, such as a colonoscopy for women. We recommend mammograms, uh, pap smears. So all these things need to be done. And all your blood works. All your blood works. Yes. Uh, particularly if someone is on, a, uh, on medication for cholesterol, for high blood pressure, we recommend... Uh, at least twice a year, you need to be doing blood tests. Uh, on that note, let, let, uh, Rosal, let's take a quick break. Um, and on the other, when we come back from the break, I'm going to be giving out the calling number in case um, anybody wants to to join the conversation, ask a question, or or, or make a contribution. So hang on, Very and good. we'll we'll be right back. GD Enterprises Inc. is your one stop shop for web design and development, web hosting, domain names, dedicated servers, live event streaming, online ticketing, custom stream players, smartphones and tablets, electrical and mechanical parts and tools procurement, business supplies and equipment procurement, including computers, motors, breakers, panels, commercial printers, and copiers. G&D Enterprises, Inc., the services you need when you need them. Find us online at gandenterprisesinc.com or call us today for more information at 617-329-9434. Fast, effective, efficient service. You know, there are many choices when it comes to domain registration, web hosting, and dedicated servers. But I have to tell you about Jocko Hosting. They're simply the best. With their 99.9% uptime guarantee, 24-7 sales and support teams, you'll never have to worry. Get in touch with them today. They offer plenty of other products and services like SSL certificates, managed WordPress, and more. Call or click today, 480-624-2500. Jocko.com. That's J-A-C-H-Q-O.com. 
All right, listeners, thank you for staying with us through the break. And thank you to our special guest, um, Ms. Rosalind Carbon and Dr. Brelvi, uh, gastroenterologist at um, Rutgers um, University Hospital in Newark, New Jersey. For the listeners who want to join the conversation, who may have a question, you are invited to call in. The number to call is 202-525-7231. 202-525-7231. And you can join in the conversation. Uh, tonight, we are focusing on colon health and uh, but but in general we are we talking about the need for persons to pay a little more attention to their general health to be proactive to to really take the initiative uh because we 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 say that we we're too busy to go to the doctor we'll go next week we'll go next month and then all it takes is a very, very slight incident, and everything stops. And we find ourselves in the emergency room. We find ourselves at the hospital. We find ourselves um, not being able to function properly. And all it, all sometimes, all it will have taken is uh, a, a couple hours out of your day to make a, make an appointment, go to see a doctor, ask to be screened. Um, very, very small um, price to pay for the um for the benefits that it could pay out and and so um we really appreciate the opportunity and and before the break before the break um we were talking about about the necessity for screening and and I mean, even if tonight we were focused on colon health and we were also talking about um, women getting mammograms and pap smears and men also checking their prostate health because as Dr. Brevy said at the beginning of the show, with the technology that exists, with a good preventative maintenance plan, with you and your health team, there's a lot of, of, of negative effects that could be avoided. So, um, Rosalyn, take it away. Um, let's get back into the discussion. For persons who want to call, the number is 202-525-7231. Okay, thank you, thank you, Anthony. Dr. Bradley, just give me two seconds. I just wanted to put two examples out there for the listening audience. Mm-hmm. Being a nurse in the GI suite, and Dr. Bradley, you're familiar with that. Yes. Rosalind, ho- ho- hold on one second. Seems like we have a call on the line already. Let's take it and then we'll continue. Okay. Okay. Oh, hello, caller. No, you lost that caller. Caller, if, if you were trying to reach us, you can call back. Go ahead, Rosalind. Go ahead. Yes, go ahead, the person. Uh, we love okay. the So, especially to my Caribbean men, there's a 56-year-old comes into the hospital, colon screen. First time to the hospital, he's boasting, I've never been to the hospital before, but somehow he came for his screen. He got A-plus for that. We found three small polyps. The point I'm making to my Caribbean people in particular, because a lot of us are here working building the beautiful house back in the Caribbean to go home when we retire, which is maybe 65, 66. Now, this man getting this procedure at the age of 56 now, had he not come, like Dr. Bradley said, in seven years, he could have developed cancer. So when you're home at 66 thinking you're going to retire, guess what? Because you did not get the colon screen, these little polyps now blew up into full-blown cancer now you need to stay over here for chemotherapy and all the rest and the whole gamut of treatment <clears throat> and maybe a shortened life. 
So sure. all these people working over here building the future for back home prevents terrible things happening. Take care of your health so you can indeed retire back home in the sunset in your beautiful house. Right, and, and uh, Rosalind, you, you made a very good point. The survival rate between a polyp and a cancer is about 50%. So, mm-hmm. so if, if someone has a polyp and we take it out, there's a 100% chance that the person is going to live. Yeah. But if the cancer develops, the, the, the survival right. rate drops from 100% to 50%. Absolutely. So, so it's, such a, it's such a drastic change that occurs. And, and not only that, you have to, in order to achieve that 50% of the survival, you have to go through surgery you have to go through, through chemotherapy. So you can avoid yourself all this uh, trouble, unnecessary. unnecessary trouble, by just getting a colonoscopy in the first place. Okay, we have a uh-huh. caller on the line. Hold on, please. Yes, caller. Yes, caller, are you there? We seem to be having a problem with the phone line because we're losing the phone call. Callers, if, you, if you've been trying, um, we're going to work on it. Call back again. I think probably this one was a little impatient. And hung up because I was allowing Dr. Brevy to finish his um, his point. So if you're trying to get us, be a little patient. Sometimes um, just stay on the line, and we will take your call. Okay, uh, Dr. Brevy, if you can talk a little bit. I know we've been talking about screening, and we're encouraging persons to go, even if you have no symptoms whatsoever. But can you speak a little bit about um, symptoms that may indicate that there's an urgency? That, we, that needs to be paid attention to in terms of your colon? Uh, what we recommend is a high-fiber diet. So if someone is taking a lot of green vegetables, uh, fruits, uh, and fiber, uh, these patients can uh, help delay. It's not a 100% uh, 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 prevention, but these patients, like if you... If you uh, eat these food products, the chances of you uh, having a polyp are reduced. So, so that's why we encourage people to have more green vegetables, less meat, more fruits. So five to eight servings. Now we used to say five servings of fruit. Now that has increased to eight servings. So, so eight, serv- yeah, eight servings of fruits and vegetables. So... So if someone is eating eight, up to eight servings of fruits and vegetables every day, you will have a less chance of, uh, of having polyps, uh, which will lead to cancer. And, and, and it's not just for colon cancer. It's also other forms of cancer because, yeah. uh, uh, because green, green vegetables and fruits, they have other benefits uh, within them. Antioxidants, which can you know, help us prevent uh, them. They're healthy for us. Okay, let me let well, me talk to the president. Give me one second. Um, I am getting <laughs> inundated with a lot of text messages and Skype. Apparently, um, the audience did not hear the question that was asked and the answer. So, the question that was asked, we had a caller from Dominica asking whether it is only uh, men who are supposed to be screened, and the panel answered and said no. Um, colon colonoscopy is recommended for both men and women. I just wanted to repeat that because I got a lot of um, of text. <laughs> I got inundated with text saying that they didn't hear the call or the response. Um, so and I think the men, uh, sorry, Anthony. Go ahead. The men came about maybe more forcefully 
because we tend to find men stand, stay away from getting screened much more than ladies. Correct, Dr. Bravey? That's correct. In our, at least in our practice, we see about uh, 70% of the people who are proactive in their screening are actually females and 30% are men. So we want it to be at least 50-50, guys. <laughs> yes. So that's why we're really pushing for the men to take care of the same, themselves too. We love our men and we want them around as long as possible. Yes, and, and the unfortunate thing, Rosalind, is that, you know, some of the new information that we are getting is, is that men actually have almost a two times risk of getting uh, more colon polyps, uh, of uh, getting more polyps, not even colon oh. cancer, so getting more polyps. So in the future, in the next five years, uh, the recommendation of, of screening for all men will be 45 years old. Okay, regardless of color. Regardless of race. Okay, okay. So, but but the point is, the screening is re is important for both men and women. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, right. Absolutely. So, sorry for the interruption. You guys were talking about the diet that was that was helpful to um to yes. avoiding um. Yes. So cancer. so diet is so so any uh, uh, any diet which increases your uh, your ability to have bowel movements will will benefit you. So that is the reason why we recommend fiber and fruits and green vegetables. And so, Dr. Brophy, where does water come into play? I think we need to encourage water drinking also. Also, yes, that will yes, facilitate the movement. Yes, we absolutely recommend at least six to eight glasses of water every day. So, because that will... Because uh, uh, if, if someone is not drinking water, the colon is the reservoir. So this is basically the reserve for water in our body. So what the body does, the body still has to function. So we need about two liters of water to, to run the body. So if someone is not drinking two liters of water during the day, what does the body do? It takes it out of the, out of the colon. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason why people who don't drink enough water end up getting constipated. And so, stools sitting around in the colon is not beneficial to our colon health at all. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, so then the stool sits in the colon, it irritates the lining of the colon, and you form polyps. And then the polyps, if, if, the, if the damage to the DNA has occurred within the colon, then the polyp will become cancer. Can we talk about symptoms a little bit? Yes. That's so a as as, yeah, as far as symptoms are concerned, that is the reason why we do not rely on symptoms for colon cancer because colon cancer may not have any symptoms at all. Uh, th but some of the symptoms that are worrisome or alarming for patients who need to be screened absolutely... Is if you notice any blood in your stool, so if someone has uh, is noticing blood in the stool when they wipe uh, after a bowel movement and they see notice blood on the tissue, that is a sign that you know there may be something going on within the colon. So that is one of the first signs that we look for, and that is the basis of checking for the occult blood that we spoke about earlier during the uh, our conversation. The second. Uh, the second symptom that we look at, Anthony, is what we call as a change in bowel habits.
So if someone is having a, a pattern of bowel movements where for three or four days they have constipation, followed by three or four days of diarrhea, followed by three or four days of, uh, of constipation, that is not a good sign also because that means that there is something blocking in the colon which is, which is not allowing the stool to go through and after some time it make, becomes liquid and then you get the diarrhea after the constipation. And then the last symptom, if at all people experience, is pain. So normally the, the, the pain that people get is mainly in the left lower side of the abdomen. So if someone is getting pain in the left lower side of the abdomen, that is where most of the time, that's the most common place where uh, cancer occurs. So, so if you are getting pain over there, that is not a good sign. So that is, uh, that is something that the, the patient needs to address with, uh, with his or her doctor to get it worked up further. Yeah. Now, the pain can be in the, if the pain can also be like a crampy pain. Yeah. So the pain can know. be a crampy pain, or if you push against it, you know you would you would get the pain, or the pain comes just before a bowel movement. So if someone is getting a pain which uh, which becomes worse uh, as as the patient is having a bowel movement, that is not a good sign. Yeah, there could also be nausea, vomiting, also, and like doctor said, severe constipation. Yes, so I need to be mindful of that. Yeah. But the whole now, doctor, go, Reza, sorry, Anthony, I'll, I'll, go ahead, Anthony. What I'm hearing is that the whole point is that um, we should not rely on symptoms because there may be no symptoms whatsoever. And Absolutely. And you go get a colonoscopy and find out that you either got it just in time or you waited too late. When you start, when you start have when you start seeing evidence of trouble, it usually means that you're very late to the um to you're the advanced. right. Uh, let me yes. let me just say it's 9 p.m. and this is this week in interview on tdnradio.net. Uh, the producers have um, allowed us an extra few minutes, and um, so actually we have we have some time if there are some other additional areas that we need to cover, Razan. So please feel free. Yeah, well, thank you very much, TDN. Because Dr. Bradley, I'm sure you'll agree we can continue on for a couple more hours if we have the choice. <laughs> yes, yes, but we have a. We have a whole litany of, uh, uh, of screening advices and, uh, and information that we can give. Dr. Bradley, what I'd like to talk about right now is we have symptoms and we've focused on colon cancer, but let's touch base just ever so generally on other things going on in the colon. Now, when we tell the patients when you wipe and you might see blood on the tissue, we mm -hmm. don't want people to be out of their minds, alarmed. The main thing is just go, that's a sign to go to the doctor because that could also be a sign of hemorrhoid. That's right. That could be that's a sign of a minor right. tear in the anal tissue. That's right. Tissue. The, the key thing is, uh, the key thing over here, uh, Roslyn, is also common sense. So normally uh, what happens is that if someone is having uh, having blood, if it's bright red blood, normally those uh, that is a sign of uh, more hemorrhoids. And if you have uh, simultaneous symptoms along with the blood, if you have itching around the hemorrhoids or pain around the hemorrhoids, that is uh, coming from the hemorrhoids. It may not be colon cancer. Yeah, uh, so we also want everybody to get panicky. This is some blood. 
But the main thing is if you see blood, let the doctor decide what it is, whether it's hemorrhoid or something else or a fissure or something else. Yes. And yeah. yeah, the key thing is that if you get blood, which is without any of these other symptoms, and the person does not say that, you know, I'm not constipated and I'm not getting any uh, pain in my hemorrhoids or when I'm passing my stool and I'm still seeing blood, that is the that is the time that you need to get it checked out more. Yeah, definitely. So, Dr. Bravi, touch base on a few colon issues which could be in, impacted by our diet. For example, diverticulitis, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, celiac disease. When we spoke about diet earlier, just show the correlation between a few of these things and diet for me. Okay. Okay, so so diverticulosis, diverticulosis is a is a condition where the wall of the colon uh, forms these pouches uh, in the in the colon, and most probably, I mean, if you take a look at the percentage of patients who get diverticulosis, uh, these are patients who normally have difficulty with their bowel habits. So, if mm-hmm. someone uh, someone has diverticulosis. These are patients who have, uh, for years, years, and years, have suffered from constipation. So, so those are the patients. So, one of the things that we recommend for for prevention of diverticulosis is is to have a, a high fiber diet. Uh-huh. So, if someone is having a high fiber diet uh, and avoid constipation, then uh, years later you will not get uh, uh, diverticulosis. There are, however, some people that have a genetic weakness of the wall of the colon, and that yes. could be hereditary, and they, it's just unfortunate that they would have diverticulosis even without the, uh, the constipation, but these are very few. These patients are a minority, so most of the patients, they would have uh, constipation throughout, the, uh, throughout their uh, 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 their lives, and that's the reason why they they have tuberculosis. Now, when the, when the, these pockets they get infected, Rosalind, that yes. is when we call that diverticulitis, mm-hmm. and that is when patients do get pain. So, if uh, if someone has a history, if someone is told that you have diverticulosis and now they are having pain in the abdomen, that means they have infected one of these diverticula. And now they have diverticulitis, which needs to be treated. Yeah. The, the most common treatment that we use uh, for diverticulitis is antibiotics. Because, yeah. uh, as you know, when, when, when these pockets in the colon get infected, the infection is coming because the, the, our stool has a lot of bacteria. So, so the uh, these pockets they get infected. So that's why to treat it we use antibiotics. Yeah, and also you could end up having bloody stools with this condition. Also, yes. yes. So those, yeah. So with with diverticulosis, when you have the condition of diverticulosis, you can either have infection, which is diverticulitis, diverticulitis, or you can have a bloody stool, just like you mentioned. Uh, fortunate, the- yes. The reason why I'm bringing this up, and we're just touching based on them ever so gently, we've um, emphasized, put a lot of emphasis on colon cancer. And I think by now the audience kind of hear from us the importance of screening and, all, and um, 
taking, being proactive, but I also want them to understand that there's other things that can go on in the colon, which doesn't necessarily mean it's cancer or it's going to be cancer. Just get checked out. So by bringing this up, they can also have in their portfolio of knowledge that we're imparting with them tonight, mm-hmm. okay, it could be cancer, but it could also be these other things. Right. So they it don't could have to go into palpitations. Right. But it could also just be get the doctor to check sure. it out. Yes, please get it checked out. And it could also be, like you were saying earlier, it could be colitis. So there are two types of colitis. We have ulcerative colitis, which is, uh, which is when the person's immune system, it is almost, uh, uh, we can compare it to having arthritis of the colon. So uh-huh. here, the, the person's immune system does not like the colon and starts attacking it. Yeah. And that's when people get colitis or Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. And the treatments, of course. Right. And the treatment. So, so in that situation, what we do is we, we would like to treat the immune system of the patient by giving medications to calm down the immune system so that it does not attack the colon. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. And and there are but but the but the key thing is to make the diagnosis. So once you, so my if anyone has to take a message from this uh, uh, this conference today is is the is do not ignore your symptoms. Be proactive. Exactly. Be proactive. Yeah. Do not ignore your symptoms. You don't need to have any symptoms to get screened so if you are if you are 50 years old uh, and above and you're not of african-american descent you need to get screened if you are of african-american descent and you're more than 45 years old both men and women you need to get your colon screened so across the board men and women 45 and above get screened Yes. Ask your doctor to refer you to a GI doctor, gastroenterologist, and get taken care of, along with the other screening measures for general and overall health. Dr. Brelby, we have a few more minutes, Anthony said. Let's talk about hep C, because that's all in line with that, the GI department. Yes, uh, yeah. Hepatitis C, uh, in, in short, what I would say is, at least in the United States, we have between four to five million people who are suffering from, who have been infected with hepatitis C. But the sad thing is we have detected only about one million people who have been, who have been properly diagnosed with hepatitis C. So we have about four million people who have hepatitis C but do not know that they have hepatitis C. Uh-huh. So, so one of the recommendations that was made by the by our CDC is that now we don't have to worry about asking people what their risk factors are because people who have used drugs in the past or who have had multiple sexual partners or who have uh, who have tattoos. So these are what we call as risky behaviors yeah. for for you to get hepatitis C. Uh, but now, if you are born Within the ages, within the years of 1945 to 1965, you do not have any reason. You need to be screened 
by a simple one-time blood test for hepatitis C. So these are patients uh, who we think, 75% of patients who, ha who we think have hepatitis C belong to that age group that were born between these two age uh, years. Very good. Thank you. Anthony? That is, that is awesome information. And, and, I mean, this is exactly what we envisage uh, our health program to be. And um, we, we are very, very appreciative of this. The information is invaluable. And um, if we ha definitely have to take uh, anything away from it, it is to get screened. Do not wait for symptoms. Get screened. So uh, we are at 10 minutes after the hour, and I appreciate your time. I know both of you, both of you are, are pretty busy people, so I will not indulge on in you any more than we need to. Um, Dr. Brevi, final words. Um, we, we appreciate your time so much, and, and of course, you have an open invitation to come back. Um, it sounds like you have a whole treasure trove of information that you can share that our listeners can benefit from. So um, this is absolutely a, a tremendous show. And Dr. Brevi, I want to give you a, a, a couple minutes to, to give some final words um, to our audience. Yes, thank you very much, Anthony. And I appreciate uh, the invitation. And I would be more than happy to, to come back uh, on your show because, as, as you know, there are multiple, multiple health issues that we could be discussing and if uh, uh, if you have any opportunity, it does does not have to be related to just uh, gastroenterology. I am also a board certified internal medicine uh, physician. So so if there there is any uh, other uh, focus that you would like to discuss, I would be more than happy to discuss that uh, for your audience and impart uh, the little knowledge that I have uh, to. <laughs> Uh, uh, to, to spread the good word. Thank you so much, Dr. Bravi. We really, really appreciate it. And of course, I am sure we're going to be taking you up on that um, on that offer. We appreciate you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you very much. Okay, thank you, Dr. Bravi. I appreciate thank you coming on the show. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, Rosalind. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah. Bye. So, so Rosalind, there's the carbon. This was yes, this was a tremendous experience. Um, the theory that we had that someone who is a healthcare professional would carry the interview so much better than a layperson like myself has been totally validated um, tonight. And um, we appreciate <laughs> your time so much. Um, we look we look forward to a very long um, and and, and um, productive relationship with you uh, on this weekend interview. Our in-house, we, 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 we plan to christen you our in-house health expert. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. Um, but go ahead and um, at the beginning of the show, I started telling persons that you were a registered nurse for over 30 years. Um, and, and they've seen um, your, your expertise in the, in the area. So um, before I let you go, I am going to give you um, the opportunity to, to talk to listeners a little bit um, about not just yourself, but if there's any areas that you want to actually underline and, and put a point on um, in regards to tonight's discussion. 
Well, again, thanks for giving me the opportunity to be what I like to be most of all, patient advocate. I just love the idea of being there to impart knowledge and to let empower our people, or people, period. Um, I like the idea of patients or people taking charge of their health or their lives. When you come up seen too many times, be it a language deficit or just fear of the white coat, a lot of our people coming from the Caribbean, the older people, they come to the hospital and they just give their, themselves up to the medical field. It's as if, do as you please, you know best what's for me. And being in this field for so many years, it does not necessarily mean that everybody's looking out for your best interest. So I encourage the younger folks, when you have older people, your parents, your grandparents, when you go to the hospital, please be their advocate, be their ears, be their voice, ask questions. Don't just let people do and say or suggest or recommend what they want. You need to ask questions and don't be intimidated. Apparently, you're doing us a favor by coming to whichever facility you go to. We are not doing you a favor. You're doing us a favor. You could have gone to a hundred other places, but whichever facility you go to, you are employing these people. And therefore, you're not going to be arrogant, but you're going to be assertive and request the care that you so deserve. And I really, really want to emphasize that to the listening audience. Also, what I see going on as far as language barrier, any hospital you go to, they have a system where they can find someone to translate for you. If you're deaf and dumb, there's facilities or resources to ensure you understand what's being done or said for you. No matter what language you speak, most hospitals have a telephone system that they can call any language, call in any language so you can understand. At work, I find myself translating Creole or Patois and French, the limited French I know, comes in very handy. To see the faces of people light up when I speak Creole or Patois or French to them, that alone is so rewarding. So just a little bit of my passions as far as my nursing and taking care of people, especially the Caribbean people and all the people who are intimidated by the medical professionals and just give up and don't understand what's going on. So I want the younger folks to take care of the older ones, people in their lives, and be there for them. Just be there. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you so much, Nurse Carbon. And um, as I said, um, we're not going to say goodbye. We're just going to say till next time. Yes. <laughs> uh, because certainly we look forward to your um, assisting us and guiding us in this aspect of this week in interview as we focus on on health and well-being. One, yes, one more, I'm sorry, before I forget. One more thing, Anthony. Go ahead. If the audience has any suggestions or pressing issues or that they would like us to discuss as far as the health, could you tell them how to go about doing that, Anthony? Well, certainly they can go to tdnradio.net and, um, and fill out the form right there. We have a form on there that um, persons can um, fill out for topic suggestions. Um, they can actually call the call number and talk to, talk to me or the producer. It's 202-525-7231. Um, or, so certainly you can go on the site, send us an email, 
or you can call 202-525-7231. And um, I want to think that we have an email address at info at um, tdnradio.net that you could also um, send your, your suggestions and your feedback in general uh, about the show. So um, it's a very good suggestion. I really want to say thank you. And um, let me not um, overstep the indulgence of the producer by staying on too long. <laughs> so we're going to say till next time, and we really appreciate um, the effort that you that you put, the obvious preparation that you did for tonight. Um, it showed, and, and we really appreciate your professionalism. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And to the audience, the pleasure was all mine. Till next time, good night. All right, thank you. Well, to the end, listeners, um, there you have it. We spent an hour and 15 minutes uh, talking about your health, your colon health, the importance of getting screened. Do not wait for symptoms. Do not be afraid to check. And when you go check, find out if they check your, co your prostate for you at the same time um, so that you probably can get a tufa uh, for it uh, if we want to call that. Um, but ensure that you don't just assume that because you get no colonoscopy that they also is checking your prostate, make sure that you um, discuss both items with your, with your healthcare provider. And ladies, don't feel left out. Um, as Rosalind said, the focus was on men because we seem to be the most stubborn of the, um, of the genders. Uh, so this has been This Week in Interview for April 9th, 2014. Uh, special thanks to our guest, Dr. Belvi. Uh, he's the gastroenterologist at Rutgers uh, Medical Center in Newark, New Jersey. And our, our host, co-host of the healthcare series, um, Nurse Roslyn Carbon. Uh, so thank you so much for staying with us. And um, this has been this week in interview. I want to tell you, uh, say thank you to our producer, our producer, uh, Sam, keeping it together. Thank you for that, producer and engineer. And um, I just whispered in my ears that the, the, the email address, actually, if you want to send your suggestions, is radio at thedominican.net. Radio at thedominican.net. Wonderful night.